0: Tune in as Daryl brings you actionable strategies and tactics that can immediately increase your sales and success. So you ready? Hey, Daryl.
1: Do you know where I suck, kids? Do you know where I suck? And let me tell you, I suck in many, many, many ways. If you don't believe me, just ask my kids, ask my wife, ask my dog. They will tell you all of my shortcomings. My goodness, is that an inspiring opening or not? Why am I bringing up where I suck? Because normally I like to avoid that. And like any good marketer that I do for my full-time gig, spin it into a positive. But today, of course, I'm not doing that because I want to talk to you one-on-one like we do every single week here on the Inside, Inside Sales Show. <sighs> I suck with building relationships. I do. I genuinely do. And, and I suspect the reaction many of you are giving me is some of you are rolling your eyes and saying, oh yeah, I wish I sucked, but like you suck. And you know, I get why you might think that. Many of you are saying, me too, I suck too. And many of you uh, are just kind of, you know, listening to see where this is going. And you should know by now, I never know where it's going. So that's a sidebar. Why do I bring that up? It matters. I think you need to understand that when you're in sales, relationships are the ultimate arbiter of whether or not they're going to buy from you. Now, that doesn't mean your prospect needs to like you. Let's be clear on that. They may despise you, but even in their lack of affection for you, even in those moments, they can still respect you. And there's a difference, right? So I may not like what an individual person stands for, but I respect the fact that they're good at their craft and that what they've told me is factual and that they've been honest with me whether I like hearing what they say or not and that my friends is the basis of a relationship there's a the whole men and women Mars and Venus thing and I learned years ago it's really interesting And this is a total sidebar but I'm going to come back full circle if you got a significant other in your life, we're going to say in this case, it's a heterosexual relationship because that's relevant to this conversation. If a man says to a woman, I don't love you, my understanding, according to the experts, I am not an expert. Please don't think that is that that is the most hurtful thing a man can say. But if a man says to a woman, I don't respect you, well, that's not good, but that's not like, I don't love you. Flip it around. If a woman says to a man, I don't love you, well, that sucks don't get me wrong. But if a woman says to a man, I don't respect you. That is a, you know, an arrow through the heart. Again, I'm not the author. I'm just playing back to you what I've read and what the studies have shown us. Interesting. When I share that with people, they always seem to nod. Respect is big in both relationships. You don't have to love your prospects and you don't need to be loved back, but you need to have respect. That is a constant across the board. So why do I suck at relationships? I suck. Because I don't have the skills to regularly create, nurture, and develop them. I don't proactively follow up with people. I'm really bad at that. I could go years without talking to you. And ironically, if you call me five years later, I'm picking up the phone and we're talking like we talked yesterday. But I suck at developing relationships. I suck at caring about special milestones in your days. If you suck, does that mean you're in trouble? Does that mean you're going to fail at sales? Well, here's the thing. It's a process, my friends. I have gotten better and I have gotten more intentional over my relationship skills over the years. Need an example? When I joined VanillaSoft, I was on social media just like everybody else. And yeah, I did podcasts and I did videos, but I was just another Joe. I was nobody, nobody. And here I am approaching that point in time, 50 years of age. So I'm not at the start of my career. I'm not the midpoint of my career. And for some they would say, oh, yes, you're approaching 50 years old, man, you can't keep up with technology and how the relationships work. You can't relate. You're out of touch. Yet I was able to develop the relationships necessary with the influencers and the shakers in this industry, as you've seen, because they've all been on this show, to actually develop my own reputation and my own success. So when I invested time in my relationships, I was rewarded. Now, I want to be clear on that. It didn't happen overnight. It didn't happen in a week. It didn't happen in a month. It didn't happen in a year. Some would say it didn't happen in two years. In other words, I played the long game and I got better and better and better with bigger and bigger results. And that is what we need to talk about today. How you, my friend, can build relationships so you can close more deals with more people faster and faster. So it's a flywheel. Today's show, and I'm going to be a student as much as you are, is about building relationships. So who are we doing this with? You might ask. Well, that's a great question. I have the answer. My friends, let me introduce you to Alex Ollie. Alex is the co-founder of Reach Desk. He's joining us today from the fine kingdom overseas, you know, the United Kingdom, England, Britain. I'm always confused on what the hell to call. I got to be honest with you. So Alex, welcome to the show, my friend.
2: Hey Daryl, thanks a lot for that nice little intro. It's certainly the United Kingdom.
1: How you doing, my friend? How you been keeping? <laughs>
2: yeah, I'm, I'm doing really well, thanks, Daryl. Yeah, it's, uh, it's it's interesting times to be in, in the in the world of like software and sales, but been keeping well and been just making sure that we're we're getting better every day.
1: Now, for those who are thinking, Alex Ollie, you know, I know Alex. I've seen him before. You may have been on the debate we had a little while ago between Team UK versus Team USA, where we had a debate to see which team was the most gifted, most accomplished, most amazing collection of sales leaders and influencers. And as decided by the audience, I was the moderator and Mm. Alex was on Team UK. In fact, it was Alex and ReachDesk who actually provided us the platform to host and stream that production. Thank you very much for that again, sir. I won't bring up who won. It's a sore topic. We'll move on from that. But, uh, I'm not too sure about I it, w- to
2: be honest with you, Daryl, because, because um, I, I looked back at the recording and I realized that actually I got the most answers right. So if they'd had five of me on Team UK, then we would have won. Just me and Daniel Disney would have done it. I'm not No disrespect to the other guys, but I think they'd obviously been drinking too much beer because it had been uh, that time on a bank holiday weekend <laughs> in the UK. So I'm not too sore, and um, we'll, we'll look forward to the rematch.
1: I love it. That is a classic answer. See, see what he did there, folks? Sales 101, he went back, he analyzed the conversation. He scrutinized it to see where could he grow, where could he do better? And out of that, he understood what the lessons learned were that. That's what you should be doing in sales. That's why he's a rock star and why he's the co-founder.
2: Alex, how are you with the
1: relationship? Are you any good? Are you as lame and as bad as I am? Please tell me you're better.
2: I'm definitely better than you, Daryl. That's that's <laughs> the first thing for sure. I'm only really joking. You're a rock star at this too. I used to be rubbish, right? I've spent 10 years in software sales. Um, I used to kind of think that you could just fling the product at the prospect to not really think about what it is they really want to solve, what's the value that they're going to attribute to your product and what you're selling. I used to be rubbish at this. Right? I used to just, just sell, sell, sell right in your face. It works for some people, but um, yeah, it didn't really work. And it wasn't until I really understood that there is a relationship element to sales. That's what I've put a lot of my focus on, particularly the past, let's say, three, four, five years, until I actually making sure relationships are, are meaningful within sales
1: let's talk about that 2020 has been an interesting time frame for much of this calendar year it's been impossible to actually meet in person so let's start with that can you actually develop a relationship with somebody if you can't meet them in person
2: 100 percent if you're of the mindset that you need to actually shake hands and and be in the same room as someone then you can think you've potentially got the wrong idea about how to create relationships there are loads of ways of doing it remotely. Everyone's talking about video, obviously. You know, you and I are talking online. So actually having the one-to-one relationship via certain platforms where you can chat video, man-to-man, woman-to-woman, however you want to do it. There are certainly ways you can do it remotely. So video is obviously becoming quite a powerful thing. Obviously, I'm in the world of gifting and, and, and direct mail and, and, and that side of things as well. But yeah, of course, there are a ton of things you can do right now. It's more about how you do it. Some people can make it very boring and quite bland, but uh, if you do it and and you do it in a slightly different way, then of course you can meet people virtually and do it that way.
1: I've heard people say that I can do that. I can do the Zoom thing or any other platform online choice you want to do, but it's just not the same. And therefore it's hard for me to really connect with you and I really can't see your body language. I can see your your head, but even then not everybody shares their videos. I'm back to like an audio only telephone experience. Is that an excuse or if you had to give somebody one tip when it came to trying to build a rapport with somebody who is not with you physically, who you can't have a coffee with, who's not in the same city, whom you don't have a shared acquaintance with to break the ice and to give you that referral, that good housekeeping stamp of approval. Is there one I know what I would tell people to do what what one thing would you tell people do to help them start developing a relationship with a remote individual
2: I think particularly now obviously uh, you mentioned we're not allowed out and about at the moment but some people do this anyway they work in telesales is to actually tie into the personal value of you can tie into the personal value of someone and link that to your product that's going to be a huge thing right when when I'm talking to prospects um, like remotely via video, for example, ask them about their setup, their situation. What's going to make a difference to their week, right? If they had this product, is it going to save them time? Is it, if, if, When we do get back to normal, is it going to let them get, go home quicker because you're optimizing how they do things? My one tip is just to actually tie on the personal value. I think we focus on business value and business issues and revenue a lot. If you can actually focus in on, on that person and what matters most to them as an individual, I think that's a really great way of building relationship and actually gaining a bit more like true empathy rather than this generic empathy that we we're talking about, like something that, that actually helps you understand their position.
1: I want to really hit what Alan is just talking about here, because he's almost, he's got his classic, you know, British delivery. That's almost understated to somebody like us in the U S and Canada who are much more, this is go with loud. How's that? He made a really valid point. I'm speaking now as a buyer. Because it resonated with me what he said. He said, you speak to them and their issues and their persona or their challenges as a role, and then tie it back to the product. So many of you are sending me emails or giving me voicemails or calling me. And the first thing, you just go into your product and you're dumping, you're doing a, a spray and pray about all your features. And you're forcing me to try to map your feature set and see does that resonate with any problems I might have you're actually asking me to help you sell me you don't know if that's what you're doing and I don't have time for that and I hang up but when you reach out to me and you say Daryl I know for someone like you in your position you probably have a challenge with a B and C because I know when I talked to your colleague at company X Y and Z they said the same thing if that's the case I may be able to help you at least with item B because we have this capability. Would you like to explore more? All of a sudden, that little opening, and that's a little little wordy, little verbiage, um, but you're making it about me. It wasn't about the product. You connected the dots for me, and you spoke to my pain. That is the start of a relationship. You made it personal, and that's what I heard Alex say. Okay, we're running tight on time to hit the commercial, and the sponsors always get upset when we hit the commercials late, so don't go anywhere. We're going to come back. I'm going to keep on hammering Alex and how we can build relationships to build faster, bigger, higher volume deals. So you, my friend, are a success. Don't go anywhere.
3: CRM was designed for managing relationships. Sales engagement is designed for starting them. Current stats indicate that sales reps only contact new leads about 50% of the time, make less than two attempts to contact them, and are only about 35% productive. CRM is the wrong tool to engage sales prospects. VanillaSoft is a sales engagement platform. It allows you to rapidly turn marketing-qualified leads into sales-qualified leads. According to user reviews, VanillaSoft will increase your pipeline and productivity by three times or more. Blow your quota out of the water. How? By ensuring each new sales lead is engaged within seconds, persistently, and with the cadence that is optimal for your prospects. Don't let your sales leads fall into a black hole. Take your lead engagement and sales qualification out of your CRM. Try VanillaSoft for free at VanillaSoft.com.
1: You know what I've learned recently, Alex? I've learned, and I've seen this over the last several months, the digital noise online is getting louder and louder and louder. And it's really hard for me to establish a relationship to the point I'm, I'm wondering, do I even use that as a channel anymore? Will I be heard? How can I establish my personal brand? How can I build a reputation? How can I become a thought leader? The digital noise is killing me. Should I just avoid that altogether when it comes to building relationships or is that still a viable channel?
2: Digital is important, right? We all do digital. Um, email accounts are digital in my book. Even like the dialers that we use in our sales engagement platform, can you, some people class that as digital, but it's still going to be important what i try and leverage as much as is, is the physical channel like if you think about that moment in your sales cycle right when you've exhausted everything when you've sent all those emails you've done those videos that you've sent through your email whatever it is that can often like stall deals and what we're here to talk about today is actually how can you accelerate deals how can you use something that's, that's going to tie in the relationship side of things a little bit more before i started this business throughout my sales process i had touch points that i would use actually send physical items, which would complement what I did via email. I would send someone, if I knew they were a big golf fan, I might send them personalized golf balls with a handwritten note and then I'd follow up digitally via email or something like that. When you combine the two together, you can get some really powerful communications. And that's one way I used to build relationships to close deals faster by using physical and digital together.
1: Okay, so you opened up by saying social is still important and there's other digital channels, so I agree with you. You're making a really solid point which is it's not just social that's what you're relying on the whole social selling mantra that's only one channel you need to do multiple mm-hmm. channels email is an example whether it be incentives or gifts another channel even like you said the idea of using digital tools to do outreach on the phone another channel so you can build a relationship by touching them on different ways, they're aware of who you are and your reputation and your value prop. Some of those are one-on-one. Social, it's very much I'm out in the open and and I'm competing with you and I'm competing with Kevin Dorsey and I'm competing with uh, Trisper Bertuzzi and I'm competing with all these other people, Daniel Disney. Should I bother doing that on social? You said it's important, so how do I do that?
2: so i think if i answered the question correctly That you're you're saying there are there are lots of people out there saying a lot of things right and we're all competing for like yes. the same audience yes the best way i is actually put myself in my audience's shoes so that's something i'm doing right now and i started that this week is i promoted myself from co-founder to being a, a, an sdr in, in my company right i'm sitting next to all of my other sdrs but digitally Funnily enough, because this is the time that we're selling in. Um, and now what I've seen is the rise. Tension of my audience has tripled because everyone's now looking at the guy who used to tell everyone what to do. And now everyone's looking at me actually doing it. So I'm picking up the phone. I'm socially selling, I'm booking meetings for my sales team. I believe that I can't be confident with how, um, I train my guys. If I don't know how to do it myself, particularly in these times question if you want to get really social and you and you want to kind of get a bigger bigger piece of the pie when it comes to that audience is actually do it yourself and lead by example and people will watch you even more and when you say lead
1: by example i'm going to rephrase it because you're right what i heard you really say was make it relatable to your target audience right so in your case you talked about you know now you're an str so now all the strs are watching you now you're you're just like them you're talking about their pains and the other part i will point out is that I open up by saying it's a long game. Social is the same way. It is a long game. You have to build your reputation. It doesn't happen overnight. So if that becomes your excuse to not use that channel, then it's wrong. And I'll tell you why. Now, for most of us, when we found that special someone who's going to be our significant other in life, there was a courting process. It just we, it wasn't like, you know, we pinged them once and that was it. We were hitched. You know, we had to grow and develop a relationship, develop trust. It was a long game. Social is the same way as is any other relationship tactic, like it be email or voice or anything else. Exactly as Ollie said. So digital noise is just an excuse. You got to make yourself relatable to your target audience and you got to play the long game. Okay. When it comes to relationships, I hear people talk about personalization, but honestly, what I see come into me is, hey, first name, and that's the sum total to personalization. Or I love this, especially in the LinkedIn connections I get all the time. It's, I checked out your LinkedIn profile and think I have a lot to learn from you. Or I checked out your LinkedIn profile and I can see you're really making an impact on the industry. In other words, they're so high level and vague, they could apply to anybody, which means it's a bot. They did nothing. There was no personalization going on there. They took a shortcut. How important is personalization to building relationships? And at what point does personalization become too much of a time suck that it works against us?
2: Such an important question, right? Because you can go one of both ways. You can do the thing you mentioned, have a bot and like send messages out. If you're doing that, I think you're not doing yourself any favors. I've never even tried it because I don't want to go there. But you can go to the other end right, where you just hyper personalize everything and you get really detailed about it and you kind of spend two hours researching someone that may not even reply. So you got to pull like both levers at the same time, make sure quality and quantity is in line, and then figure out what that actually is, depending on who you're selling to. I have simple rules, like before making a, a cold call or writing an email, have between five to seven minutes of research time, then you got to go. Because if you spend half an hour or an hour on it, you're never going to get the the, the the number out there because, let's face it, sales is a numbers game. But at the same time, you've got to make sure that, that it's relevant. So with my team, what I did is I built out this whole mate, right? And... The way it works is really simple. We know our, our ideal customer profile is, right? So our STRs can basically reverse match it. So if they if they know that these, these 20 marketers that are going after, who their businesses in this industry, they've already got like the attention grabbing framework that they need to have that conversation. All they need to do now is basically go and find that one personal thing that, that's gonna resonate with them, whether it's just that I read that blog post that, that you that you wrote about this, and actually that's how it ties back to the product. That might only take you two minutes to do. But personalization is essential, just don't overdo it.
1: The thing I would tell people when it comes to personalization is don't do what I do. And then give me, I'll give you an example. What I would do is I would have a guest on a podcast, maybe, I don't know, Alex Ollie, and then I would call him Ollie instead of Alex. And, you know, that is bad. I know when I get emails that say, hey, you know, Prail, it's, uh, it's it doesn't have the same impact. Don't do what Daryl does. That's when it comes to personalization. Next question I have for you is this. Some people are more needy than others. And when I say this, I'm actually not talking about our prospects. I'm talking about us as sales professionals. I have had, when I was in the dating game, some young ladies who really needed to hear from me a lot. And if I didn't, they were panicked. I didn't think I cared about them. I wasn't shown the, uh, the love and attention that they thought they deserved, right? Others as I did it, uh, we like, you know, if you called them once a week, that was, that was fine by them. They didn't need more. Many of us, I find are guilty. that we're trying to reach out to our prospects and the prospects aren't responding that we can't build a relationship. So in other words, accelerating a deal gets really tricky when those prospects are busy. How do we connect with them? I mean, it's hard to build a relationship to close a deal when they're not calling us back.
2: So it's such a good point. I think we forget this a lot in sales, right? We have that amazing discovery call and we do that amazing demo and they're so excited. The biggest problem I think salespeople have is, is what I call hopium. They hope something will happen. They haven't asked those critical questions that they need to actually make sure that that those next steps are realistic and everything. I think they also forget that there's competition out there. They, they they just think about them and their deal and their forecast and everything. I always have things teed up, by the way, that allow me to have that right to reengage later on. Firstly, you've got to sort of say, give them the right to exit at any point. The really good way to build a relationship is by building trust. If you can say to someone that if this doesn't make sense for whatever reason, like just tell me, and, and we can just respect each other's time. That will that will help you with one thing, but. I've always got these things up my sleeve that allows me to have that email that I can send later on. And I would say things like that, if, we, if we're gonna catch up in two weeks time, and I haven't heard from you, I'm gonna send you an email and it's gonna have, the subject line is gonna be pink squirrel. So you'll know it's from me, and you'll know to reply to that one. And that's the signal for you to say to me, hey, this is my get out clause. Alex, look, I don't wanna waste your time. This just isn't right for me. We haven't got the budget for this, or for whatever reason, I can't push forward with this. That actually will save you time as a rep, your prospect will enjoy it and actually i've had deals kind of revived because that person has just found it so amusing they've gone you know what there's a bit more personality to this guy there's a bit more within the sales process maybe i'll have that other conversation and and you can turn deals that have gone dark into actually something that a bit more bright and fluffy
1: hopium and pink squirrels you heard it here first in the inside inside sales show what i really like is that You hit the essence of a relationship, right? Which is that there's going to be times when we don't hear from each other, maybe two weeks. So pink squirrel, you're shooting straight with the individual. Hey, you know, I just, uh, I saw this article I wanted to share with you, no expectation for you to call me back, but secretly you're also just reminding them that I'm still here on the outside. You're not pressuring them. Treat it like a relationship, treat it like that significant other in your life. Be intentional, but also don't be offended. Understand they have other things going on in their life, but there is, when they get busy, they don't call us back. Sometimes it's they're busy to your point. But sometimes they're just ghosting us and we never hear from them again how do we minimize the ghosting my good friend alex how do we do that
2: yeah for me it's about understanding the difference between having a contact and having a a champion like if you don't have a champion within the deal so let's say again let's take the example of there is an active opportunity it's this is beyond prospecting and like breaking through to someone and actually this deal could really happen this could sign I've always asked certain questions to people to kind of determine whether they're just a contact that's kind of working the deal and whether they're actually a champion who's coaching me, who's giving me information. And if you can have relationships with people who are maybe more junior level, who are sort of bringing the right people in, you can start to look for the signals as to whether this deal is actually going to happen or not. Ghosting is one of the worst things that we can ever experience. If you want like quick, easy wins, we always have like a ghosting direct mailbox that we set up. We have a different theme each time. We had one for Halloween, actually, which is the best one, because obviously you can put ghosts in there. And we'd send a box to the person saying, hey, I feel like you're ghosting me a little bit. And it was full of like chocolate ghosts and Halloween themed okay. box and everything. And it's just up front, like right? Straight in there. I feel like you're ghosting me a little bit. I haven't heard from you in ages. Why don't you get back to me about this? And by the way, here's a load of chocolates to share with the other decision makers within the deal that we discussed. Really easy, really simple, really cheap.
1: I love that because that's a wonderful way to physically, you know, just talk about the elephant in the room. And that is a brilliant tactic. I'll be the hard ass for a second. And I will suggest, and you may don't have to agree with me, if they're ghosting you, it's like getting the objection, not right now or call me in six months time, right? It's an excuse. They're blowing you off. It's just a different way of blowing you off. That means you didn't set the value correctly up front. So they were motivated, they were self-interested to not ghost you. So you need to re-examine, are you setting that value? It's just a handling objection, it's the exact same way. Today's whole conversation was around how to build relationships so you can close more deals. And relationships are king, they truly, truly are. So what do we learn by talking to Alan? We know more about the, how the UK is configured. So that was number one, all right? And the relationships that each country has within that. So there you go. We also know that building relationships is more difficult when they're remote, which means you need to be more intentional. You need to make that effort. You need to put that video on. You need to make yourself engaging. You need to not be in the sweatpants. we didn't even talk about that, but you got to dress for success in a way that the person will relate. If you're selling to surfers, you don't show up in a three piece suit. You show up in a nice beach attire, if you will. You get the idea. You want to connect with your audience, but you want to be intentional. It's not an excuse. It's an opportunity we know that breaking through the noise could be stopping you from doing anything because you think there's too much noise the reality is it's a long game you got to be there but you got to make yourself relatable to your audience all right and they will find you have some patience it will get there and there's multiple digital channels you can do we know that it's more than just saying hey first name you got to personalize it based on what matters to them the pains they're going through and all the other wonderful stuff You need to accelerate deals by understanding that they're going to get lots of distractions from other vendors. So you need to give them permission on staying in touch with you, whether it's humor, calling it out, talking about pink squirrels, you can't live on hopium as much as you want to. And finally, if you're getting ghosted, go think outside the box and send wonderful. I love his multi-dimensional mailer gift with candies and say, I'm feeling ghosted or Reevaluate, are you even setting the value up front so that they don't ghost you? It's like any other objection. Do all this, my friends, and you will be successful at your relationships and you will close more deals. Thank you so much for joining us today. They want to reach you. What's you the best right way to now. reach you, my friend?
2: generally on linkedin i'm gonna put my uh, my updated address on my linkedin because the best way to reach me really is to send me a piece of mail but if you want to hit me on linkedin then then that's fine it's just just find me at alex ollie under reach desk and if you really want to go the, the full way send me something in the mail darren i'm sending you something by the way
1: i love it okay guys there it is alex ollie he is the co-founder of reach desk and also He's an SDR. He's all about building relationships. You should follow him. And that's what we do here at the Inside, Inside Sales Shows. We build relationships, just you and me. And I look forward to hooking up with you again next week. In the meantime, my name is Daryl Prale, and this, my friends, is the Inside, Inside Sales Show. Take care, bye-bye.
0: You've been listening once again to another episode of Inside, Inside Sales. Hosted by Daryl Prale, the CMO of VanillaSoft. Tune in every other week for actionable ideas to increase your sales productivity. One of the many shows on the ever-growing Funnel Radio Channel. Sponsored by Vanilla Soft.